This is the John Oakley Show podcast. On a great day for talk radio, it's a Tuesday edition, and uh, we do have, in an hour and change, our panel, topics worthy of discussion. We'll get back to the discussion we had earlier about uh, the province fighting the carbon tax and Justin Trudeau weighing in, saying it's in the national interest. Obviously, uh, this is going to be dragged out in the court uh, day two, I guess, today, and uh, or it started today. And this is where, you know, depending on what you see as uh, the appropriate jurisdiction uh, to be imposing this or... Uh, being able to make the call ultimately for the people. That's really the nub of it. It's not fighting, you know, this climate science debate, uh, but it's jurisdictional based on Constitution. Doug Ford uh, and the government in releasing their budget last week, also coming under fire by uh, certain folks who advocate for immigrants and refugees, suggesting that the slashed illegal aid, 30 percent, because, well, they felt that the Fed should be boning up uh, on this file and, uh, when it comes to, say, asylum seekers and uh, being processed and so on and so forth, or refugees, they feel, the government, of on uh, the Ontario government, feel that that's something that uh, falls firmly in the lap of the feds. In fact, they say the federal government should fulfill its responsibility to newcomers by shouldering the cost of such cases. That's not all that's in play here, obviously. You've got other people like the NDP's critic for Citizenship and Immigration Services, Laura May Lindo, saying this uh, cut amounts to a cruel abandonment of people seeking asylum from war and persecution, but also it's an attack on their right to access the justice system. Let's find out uh, how Giddy Mammon feels about it. He's, of course, a Toronto immigration lawyer and a senior partner at Mammon, Sandaluck and Kingwill, LLP. Giddy, good to have you back on The Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, how do you see this cut, 30% cut in legal aid? Is it, uh, in fact... Uh, an attack on Ontarians' right to access the justice system? Well, it's it's definitely uh, not terribly unexpected. Uh, I think the Doug, uh, Doug Ford uh, government wanted to place the cost uh, of this uh, the program at the feet of the people who they perceive to be responsible for the inflow of refugees. And since there's a high spike of uh, refugee uh, claims in Ontario, uh, can, uh, Ontario d- receives a disproportionate number of refugee claimants. So the Doug Ford government figured, you know what? If they're going to let them in, we're going to make we're, we're going to make let them have the privilege of paying for it. From the other point of view, yes, it, it looks like we are going to have a real problem in Ontario unless someone comes to the rescue, um, because there is going to be a shortfall. It's it's costing the government uh, of Ontario uh, up to uh, 34, uh, 40 million dollars. Uh, to process uh, these uh, legal aid uh, cases, and uh, they're going to be uh, short about $17, $17.5 million. So they're going to have to find that money somewhere. And that shortfall is a result of federal funding. That's right. Yeah, uh, being, I guess, a little short. And so uh, anywhere from 13 to $16.5 million. So why are they wrong? I mean, uh, you know, uh, philosophically to say if, you know, these are federal matters that are having to be addressed by Ontario's legal aid system, shouldn't the feds be putting up more money? I think there is a strong logical connection there. The the refugee program is a commitment by um, Canada, uh, which signed the 1951 uh, Convention on Refugees. This is a Canadian commitment. When when we accept refugees, uh, we accept them into Canada, not in Ontario. So logically, yes, it, it sounds like the feds should pick up uh, the slack, uh, especially when you 
take a look at the situation over the last couple of years, a lot of people would say, look, it was uh, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau who sent out that 2017 tweet saying, welcome to Canada. He was trying to distinguish uh, how we receive refugees in Canada uh, in sharp contrast to how they were being received or perceived by the Trump administration. Uh, that has a cost to it. And uh, Doug Ford is saying, look, that's not our responsibility. You want to keep the uh, the gates open. You want to let in as many refugee claimants as you want. Well, you're going to have to pay for it. And this is what we're, we're seeing. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, receiving uh, convention refugee claims and not giving uh, those claimants access to legal services is a waste of time. A lot of these people are not going to be able to prove their case unless they have proper counsel. And even when they have proper counsel, it's not an easy thing to do. So uh, somebody's going to have to come to their rescue uh, financially or, or the whole program is not going to work. Yeah, unsustainable, as uh, Caroline Mulroney, the Attorney General here in the province, says. She also says it's time for the feds to step up because it's a clear constitutional responsibility of theirs. Uh, So I guess that's what we're talking about, their constitutional responsibility. Seems pretty clear-cut to me. That's right. I mean, you have a a federal tribunal. You have, you know, uh, federal agents at the border that are processing these claims and referring them to the Federal uh, Immigration Refugee Board, it, it sounds to me that there's really no point in having uh, a tribunal hearing and uh, uh, board members and hearing officers uh, if the claimant is not going to have any legal representation and they can't afford it. Um, so there's, there's no question that without um, some form of legal aid, whether it comes from the province or the federal government, uh, the system that we have become famous for and considered uh, uh, to be very generous for internationally uh, is just a, it's just a waste of time. A lot of these people are not going to get the protection that they may be entitled to because they don't know how to make out their case. They don't know what the refugee definition means. They don't know how the rules of evidence as they apply in an immigration hearing work. They don't know what kind of documentation they're going to need. So it's going to be a rough ride. So uh, somebody has got to figure this out pretty quickly. Again, with Giddy Mammon, Toronto immigration lawyer, on this matter that Ford government cuts back 30% on legal aid in their budget, and uh, now there's a lot of criticism coming from primarily the left, for example, uh, Laura May Lindo, who's the NDP's critic for Citizen and Immigration Services, suggesting that uh, this is going to hurt people like single parents seeking child support from an absent parent, tenants being taken advantage of by corrupt landlords, uh, amongst others, not just the asylum-seeking folk. Uh, Do you believe that to be the case, that these people will also be hurt, uh, whereas it may not be federal jurisdictional responsibility here, Giddy? Look, it's, uh, of course, where you have a shortage of, of dollars for these uh, uh, programs, uh, people are going to get hurt. That's why these programs exist. Uh, but in terms of the immigration side, uh, there is a very clear connection between the program and federal responsibility. And I, and I agree, there are constitutional issues where a person has a, a right to seek protection uh, and has no financial ability. That's a very, very clear line that you can't ignore. Yeah, Caroline Mulroney also said it's a result of a drop in clientele. Uh, the number of clients legal aid served declined by about 10% between 2013 and 18. Uh, what do you hear? What do you know about that? I mean, legal aid, is, has there been a decline in clientele? Well, generally, I can't speak generally for the legal aid program as a whole. It's a very big budget. Uh, you know, a, a lot of it is, uh, is on the criminal side. Uh, but on the, the immigration side, uh, the refugee lawyers... 
uh, in the province are slammed with with the work that has been produced by um, the surge of claims being made, uh, you know, at um, uh, at uh, points between uh, the border points, you know, uh, namely in in, uh, in Quebec at Roxham Road. A lot of those people are en- are ending up here. So uh, there is a direct line between uh, legal aid uh, dollars, whether they're provincially uh, provided or federally provided, uh, to the the refugee program. There's no question about it. And finally, uh, have you ever heard tell of an abuse of the system? You know, maybe some lawyers uh, billing more hours than they've actually done work on and so on and so forth. Is that a problem in the pipeline? It, it, It has definitely been a problem. It happens from time to time. There is no system... Uh, that you can conceive of where there's going to be no abuse. There's always people out there um, engaging in sharp practice or, uh, you know, fraudulent practice. We're going to try to game the system. Um, but that's the cost of doing business. There's no way that you can deny uh, refugees access uh, to government dollars to help them get through this uh, process without encountering on the way a few people who are going to game the system. By and large, I would like to think that most people in the immigration bar are fairly honest and submit bills that are appropriate. There's also checks and balances built within the system. Um, you know, the the, uh, um, the legal aid folks know how many, how many hours a lawyer can possibly work in a year. And so they have a pretty good uh, rule of thumb to follow. And at the end of the day, there's always the client that could be contacted to make sure that the hours that are claimed were actually delivered in the case uh, that's being investigated. So it's hard It's hard to, to fool the system, but it can be done from time to time. Yeah, well, I've heard of such cases in the past. There's no question. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, Giddy, uh, always a pleasure. Thanks for weighing in. Thank you for having me. You got a Giddy Mammon, again, senior partner at Mammon, Sandaluk, and Kingwell LLP, a Toronto immigration lawyer on that matter uh, of legal aid and the 30% cutback. Well, as I was saying, uh, the NDP's critic for citizen and immigration services claiming that uh, this will deny many of the marginalized folk legal representation in the province of Ontario. A lot of complaints. You know, while the NDP, I guess, are the official opposition, the Liberals, for all intents and purposes, and the Greens are marginalized at best. But the caucus of uh, Andrea Horvath, uh, you know, they're out there every day. They're screaming about something or other, which always makes it a great day for talk radio, by the way, uh, because we can light on some of these things in the culture of complaint. By the way, they've also formed the first black caucus of its kind in the province. The Ontario NDP have a black caucus. And uh, apparently its chair is going to be Kitchener Center MPP, Laura May Lindo, whom I just referenced here in the immigration thing and uh, the cutback on legal aid. I found it interesting because prior to her election, it says here in June of 2018, last year, she worked at the Diversity and Equity Office at Wilfrid Laurier University in Waterloo. <laughs> I wonder if she had any counsel with uh, Professor Nathan Rambukana. You remember him of Lindsay Shepard fame? Uh, yeah, wasn't that uh, the Office of Diversity and Equity that uh, got involved in something like that? Or supposedly there was some complaint that never materialized, which was the reason that Lindsay Shepard uh, had to stop, I guess, showing the video of Jordan Peterson. Wow, uh, how things come full circle. But uh, she is going to be a part of this Black Caucus. Look, I don't know how many members uh, they would have in their Black Caucus with the NDP, uh, you know, half a dozen, a dozen, 
anybody's guess. Regardless, it just uh, makes me wonder if this is even necessary. I mean, is there such an issue that uh, representation of this sort based on the lines of identity politics would be necessary? Because I think increasingly we're seeing things divided along those lines, identity politics. Got to be honest, you know, there's a whole slew of incidents that have happened of late that sort of speak to this idea, identity politics, and uh, sort of piecing people off against each other, you know, kind of a in a divisive way. Andrew Scheer uh, being implored to apologize in the House of Commons because what Trudeau is trying to define as some kind of nexus to white nationalism and white supremacist groups. Scheer has denounced it soundly, roundly, in the House of Commons, but this is some kind of a, an attempt to conflate, you know, uh, conservative small C, large C, with white nationalism, white supremacists. And then for their part, I mean, the liberals, uh, they've got some explaining to do as well. Uh, in the instance of, I guess it was a, a report that came out uh, talking about Justin Trudeau had changed the wording about uh, this is where Canada's security services were looking into extremism and terrorism that might have taken root in Canada, and they mentioned Sikh terrorists or extremists. And we know full well that Air India bombing in 1985 cost 329 lives. It's all established as a matter of public record and court record. Uh, Sikh terrorism, you know, looking for a homeland in Mother India. And Justin Trudeau had the word Sikh removed, just extremists looking to set up their own homeland in India. So he's obviously playing that card as well because he wants to curry favor with a certain community. It's a game. Uh, identity politics. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.